No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun, adventures should be rugged, adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, what's up, my people? Episode 12 of the 86 Boxing Podcast. It's your boy Joshua City back in this thing as usual, bringing it to you on a Sunday night. This is the 28th, of course, 28th of July. Glad you're here. Wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, you are appreciated. Shout out to Pop. Um, man, a lot of stuff went down this past weekend in the boxing world. Saturday, a lot of big fights. I'm just going to go over some of the noteworthy stuff. Uh, but before that, I want to shout out to my man, David Smith. Serene Strengthenings. If you're down in Florida, in the Pensacola, Florida area, hit up Serene Strengthenings. And he'll be able to give you that good work. I'll put a link to the actual website uh, on the uh, in the description, basically. So be sure to go through there, check that out. If you're in that area, go let him hit you up. Um, he'll be able to take care of all of your needs. You know, you know, you're feeling any pain, joint pains, things of that nature, whatever. He'll be able to hook you up. So with that. I'm going to jump into that boxing stuff. Of course, the big fight of the weekend, the fight that mattered most from my perspective was Jose Carlos Ramirez taking on Maurice Hooker. This was a unification fight at 140 pounds. Now, this was the WBC title that Ramirez had up against the WBO title that Hooker had. Now, this was when it was first announced. This was a great fight that I knew would deliver. I was expecting it to be a shootout, barn burner in some regards. I was expecting it to not go the full 12 rounds. And this is one of those fights where when people complain about boxing and not being able to see top-notch fights or the best not fighting the best, this is the exact epitome of the best fighting the best you know or at least as close to that as possible because these are two of the top 140 pounders in the world and it didn't take a bunch of fuss a bunch of bs a bunch of uh back and forth for them to sign up to make this fight and it was cross promotional because hooker he was with the zone and uh ramirez he's with top rank so they showed that they could do business they could cross pass and do business in that regard so really there's nothing holding back the fighters from fighting except the fighters themselves this was something this is something that needs to be corrected of course this is something that if we want to see boxing get to the level that it should be or could be uh, best fighting the best is what will get us there now with this fight 
I'll go ahead and let you know. It was a six-round TKO win for Jose Ramirez. And it was a well-fought, hard-fought win for him. Now, the fight in itself, it was going to be an interesting style, style clash from the start because Ramirez is an inside-type fighter. He loves to get inside, dig into the body. His left and right hooks to the body are some of the best in the division, maybe some of the best in boxing, period, because he definitely puts in work to the body. He was able to mix in hooks to the head as well, which helped him out in this regard. Now, Hooker, he's a long, lean fighter, so he has pop in both hands for the most part, but especially the right hand. So the the way that Hooker was going to win this fight was at a distance and letting off that cannon of a right hand that he has to try and back Ramirez up to keep him at bay and hopefully cruise to either a mid-round win or a points win later on or something of that nature. But as I mentioned, I didn't expect it to go all 12. Now, the fighting itself played out as expected. It was a back-and-forth fight. The two fighters came out. They were letting each other have it, in a sense. Um, they had to fill each other out for the first round, but this didn't stop them from throwing. And then as we moved on into moved on into a couple of the later rounds, basically they started, started uh, stepping up their offense. Ramirez was able to find his way on the inside and back Hooker up against the ropes. And with that, Hooker had no choice but to try and get Ramirez off by throwing back. But Ramirez was landing a lot of shots to the body. The body work is key. And it always, you know, as they say, uh, if the, the head moves or whatnot with the body, that's there. You have to take that. Now, Hooker was, or, or Ramirez rather, was digging into the body with hooks. This was like his strong point as a boxer. It took him some time to get in and get to get in on the inside of uh, Hooker. And Hooker, to his credit, he was letting off that straight right. He was mixing in some uppercuts with it as well, and he was able to land some pretty good shots to snap Ramirez's head back. I don't think Ramirez was ever truly hurt, but there was one sequence of the fight where it looked like he was taking some head snapping shots and it made him kind of dig, jump in and tie up. Um, but anyway, Ramirez was able to get Hooker on the ropes, dig in, do body work on the inside. Now Hooker, he rallied in a sense, uh, especially I think it was the fifth round. Fifth round was probably one of the most exciting rounds of the fight. After all the back and forth, um, Ramirez was on the inside doing work as he usually does. And Hooker had to rally. His mouth was bleeding at this point. Um, maybe his nose was bleeding as well. He was forced to rally, so he started letting off with a t letting off his right hand hitting him with hooks and straights and he was a he was able to back up Ramirez and this is part of that sequence where I was mentioning that it was, these were head snapping shots and you can see that Hooker's power was the real deal now when it came down to the final round the sixth round Hooker was reeling in a sense and Ramirez had been doing the work to the body to slowly break him down and he was able to catch uh, Hooker with a I believe it was a right hand, a, a right hook as Hooker was stepping back. He had his hands down. His, don't quote me, it was a left or right hook, but Hooker had his hands down. He dropped him just for a split second and got caught with his hook, and he was hurt. He stumbled to the ropes, and from there, Ramirez just went in, went for the kill, basically, to start letting off uh, left and right. And basically, he was, he hurt uh, Hooker badly. He had Hooker pretty much all but out on his feet, and 
the referee had to step in and stop the fight. The crowd was standing up. It was a raucous crowd. This went down in Dallas. As mentioned, it was on the zone, co-promotion, the zone, match room, uh, uh, top rank. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the crowd was, was on their feet. And they really, you know, came out and showed support. And we'll probably see more and more fights in Texas because they definitely, you could say, are it is a fight state. And Dallas is, in a sense, a fight town. Um, but yeah, it was a hell of a fight by both of them. So Ramirez is now your unified WBC and WBO world champion. Now, what happens in the future is, hopefully, if all things are going to court, he will take on the winner of Joshua Taylor and uh, Regis Prograde. Joshua Taylor being out of Scott, Josh Taylor being out of Scotland, and Regis Prograde, an American from Louisiana. And this is a part of the World Boxing Super Series to crown what is what would be considered the best 140 pounder in the world. So it is going to be an exciting fight as well. I favor Regis Prograde early on in the tournament. I favored. Josh Taylor, but after seeing more and more of their work in the tournament, I think that Regis Progray is on a high right now, and I think he'll be able to edge out Taylor. I think it'll go the distance, but I think Regis Progray will be the winner in that fight. Now, the potential fight with Ramirez between him and Regis Progray, that would be an excellent fight. I think a very it's very much a toss-up fight because I think that Regis Progray's style as far as him being the type that would dish it out with Ramirez would make it an excellent and exciting fight and I think it would make him somewhat vulnerable and I think that would play into Ramirez's hands. Also, the way Ramirez comes in, it would play into Progray's hands in some regards because Regis Progray has shown that he can dig in, do work on the inside as well. So I think it's truly a toss-up 50-50 fight. I think both of them have high upsides, and both of them will continue on, regardless of the win or loss, to do good things in the sport. They may even rise up to 147 pounds and do good things there as well. But anyway, that was a excellent fight. 140-pound division is on fire right now, and hopefully we'll see more of both of them. Now, uh, another fight that took place was here in Baltimore. That was Devontae Tank Davis, you know, the WBA super featherweight champion, hometown guy. He was taking on Nunez. Uh, I forget Nunez is his first name, but it was a second-round TKO, and Devontae uh, Davis basically, you know, watched him. Uh, we didn't really see Devontae Davis tested much in the sense that he didn't really take anything from Nunez that was damaging or he was never put in an uncomfortable situation in those little in this short time period for which the fight was taking place. So it was an excellent performance by Davis for what he was in with. Now in that regard, Davis did uh, look very good. He came into the fight. He was able to make weight, of course. Um, that was always something that would be a question as he moved forward. But he was able to make weight. He looked in excellent shape. His power was on point. Um, and basically, he was able to blast Nunez in the second round. It was off of a, almost off of a break. Nunez was kind of had kind of had him tied up, and he let his guard down for a second, caught a left hook, and then it was all she wrote from there. Because once he got up against the ropes. Uh, Gravante Davis just loaded loaded up with left and right. 
some of those right hands were almost snapping Nunez's head completely off, uh, pun intended, of course. But referee Harvey Dot ultimately had to step in, and it was a good call to step in because I don't think it would have been good for Nunez had it gone on any further. So, Gavante Davis, your winner there, retains this title. He says he wants to fight Kevin Farmer, who holds the IBF Junior Lightweight Championship. So, that could be a fight that will happen here in the future. Um, we'll see. Speaking of that, Tevin Farmer, he did fight on the DAZONE card. He, he took up, he was able to pick up a unanimous 12-round decision in a fairly dominant fight. His opponent, Freenios. Let me see what it is. So Freenios. Um, Gilame Freenios. Well, I had first, this was my first time seeing Freenios or however you say his name. But anyway, Kevin Farmer looked good as usual. He showed his defensive prowess. He was making the guy miss a lot of fights, uh, miss a lot of punches. This guy was out of France. Uh, he came in 46-1-1. I don't know if he really had fought anyone to the caliber of, say, Farmer. But Farmer did what he always does or what he's done on a higher stage after we've seen him over these last several fights he's put on a boxing clinic for the most part and as some had mentioned the fight wasn't wasn't the most exciting fight he was getting booed after the fight but farmer came in did his job uh it's just gonna come down to having opponent having an opponent in there that will test him that will make it more of an exciting fight as well you know it takes two to tango and with his defensive wizardry um, wizardry however you say that with that he just showed that he was a higher caliber than this guy and he was ultimately able to pick up a win now after in the post fight conference he said that he wants all the champions he said that he's moved past the Confronte Davis fight of course because there's been a lot of posturing but nothing has happened over the last uh, couple of years with all the back and forth that they've had um, so we'll see if that fight even materializes. But I think that the boxing public wants it. So maybe given such, we'll somehow get it. Al Heyman would have to work that out to make it happen. Get Javante out there. Um, I guess Floyd Mayweather too, since he's with the money team. So we'll see. But that being said, uh, both need a higher level of competition, especially Tank, uh, because we're going to have to see him test it. And Farmer, I think, would be a great test for him in terms of him dealing with a boxing style that isn't come forward and right there to be hit. So hopefully that fight materializes. It could take place in Baltimore, for instance, Baltimore or Philly, whichever one. Now, another fight that was on this card, which we'll kind of relay back to Tank Davis as well, was Yuri Artis Gamboa, you know, the Cuban a uh, longtime veteran, exciting fighter. He took on Rocky Martinez out of Puerto Rico. Now, Yuri Okis Gamboa picked up a second round uh, knockout over Martinez. And it was really pretty much a blowout, in, almost in the same fashion as uh, Tank Davis blew out his opponent, Nunez. But Rocky Martinez looked like he was pretty much shot, done, over with. His best days are certainly behind him. 
and any question as to whether he still had a little bit left in the tank, I think that has been answered. It may be time for him to hang them up because it looked as though he didn't have any form of punch resistance and Gamboa was able to just blast him out in the second round and it wasn't even really a contest. I can't say much about the fight because Rocky Martinez didn't really do anything. and It was all Gamboa, a patient Gamboa landing. Now, this uh, has led to chatter in regards to Gavante Davis taking on Uriakis Gamboa. Now, whether that happens, we'll see. Some seem to think that it'll be another fight in Baltimore, Davis versus Gamboa, since there was a good turnout. I believe uh, I saw reporting that 14,000 plus turned out there, which is great. Those are great numbers. Uh, I'm not 100% positive. Double check on that. But great numbers. And looking at it on TV, or yeah, yeah, looking at it on TV, basically, it looked like it was packed inside. Now, Davis versus Gamboa, I think that would be a fight where it'll be interesting. Uh, Gamboa, I guess you could say, would have somewhat of a puncher's chance. But, you know, just wise thoughts would lean towards Gravante Davis getting him out of there because at 37 years of old, I believe it is, Gamboa's best days are certainly behind him as well. And, you know, this is probably the last hurrah, last big fight for him if he does ultimately take on Davis. Um, But yeah, we'll see. So let's stay tuned. Another fight that was on that card I'll briefly mention was Ladarius Miller taking on uh, Jezreel Corrales, uh, and in this regard, uh, Ladarius Miller, he was able to pick up a split decision victory in a fight that was ugly at times, which I knew it would be the case because Jezreel Corrales, he's not very polished from an overall perspective, from a skills perspective. He's more of an athletic type of fighter, and he does some things unconventional, but leading up or the, the combination of him and Miller just led for an ugly fight where they were tied up a good majority of the time and I thought that ultimately Corrales won based on what I saw I thought he did enough to get the victory but the judges had it uh, had it in well it was split one judge had it for Corrales one had it or two judges had it for Corrales I'm sorry and one had it or two reset two judges had it for um, Miller and one judge had it for Corrales now it was a one point difference on the one judge that had it for Corrales but there but Corrales had a point taken away in the final round for holding Ladarius Miller to the point where uh, Miller had to throw him off and he went on the ground, but Corrales was still gripping his arm. Referee Brent Vovell was in the fight. He took a point away. Uh, the Showtime broadcast was complaining about it, but I thought it was justified and warranted because Corrales had received a strong warning contrary to what they had said because he hit Miller on the brink in one of the earlier rounds. That to go along with a bunch of other stuff that they were doing, like they had one sequence where they were tied up with each other, hitting each other after the bell. It was just a rough and tumble, ugly fight. And regardless of it, regardless of the point, I just think it was an 
it was going to be an awkward, interesting fight to score. And, you know, by virtue of the fact that even Showtime's Steve Farhood had Corrales up and winning the fight by, I believe, two rounds, one or two rounds. I just think it was just one of those toss-up fights that was hard to score close rounds. And ultimately, Miller got the decision. So that is what it is. We'll see what goes on from here for both of the fighters. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Miller is with the TMT team, uh, so I know they probably want to get him in another big fight, a big money fight, so we'll see what happens. Um, that being said, there were other fights that took place this weekend, so on and so forth. Shout out to Malik Hawkins out of the D.C. area. He picked up the uh, W. Um, but we'll see. There'll be uh, more stuff coming up as well. So that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, so 86boxing.com, 86boxing on Twitter, 86boxing on Instagram, 86boxing on Facebook. We have the group, the page. Come join in, join into the talk, join into the discussion. We can hit hit each other up back and forth. It is what it is. I just appreciate you all tuning in and more to come, more to come. And Barrow, she sends her regards as well. So if you're looking at the video, then you know she is all up in it. And maybe even heard her chewing on her little oinky or whatever you call it. But that being said, enjoy your weekends, enjoy your week. And hopefully I'll see you or you'll see me back here next week. It's going down. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Hi, it's Carl Deichler, CEO of Beachbody, and I'm giving away 10,000 free memberships a week to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Pick any program and just follow it step by step, like our 21-day fix program or the ab shredding muscle burns fat program. Plus, there's free support in personalized fitness groups with our community of over 2 million members. Now is the time, so don't wait. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.